Hi guys, guess what I'm doing? Walking home! It is April 16th and it's 80 degrees outside. Might be a little breezy. Sorry about that. Started this uh, one today a little bit later after the first iffy tunnel, but before the second scary tunnel. Uh, I'm gonna try one thing different this time around and uh, talk a little louder. I'm pretending to be talking on my phone. Why should I care, right? Ooh. It is so nice today. Yesterday it was like 42 degrees. Today it's 80. Oh. Tomorrow it could be 102. Right now we're in that period where there's no mosquitoes. That makes me so happy. I could cry. There's part of me that almost thought about recording at night. Last night I was trying to go to sleep, which is a silly thing to try to do. You should just really want it, or it should just come naturally, I feel. It does not come naturally to me. My brain started going like 10 and a half miles an hour, and I thought, man, I should record these thoughts. And then I battled myself and stop, stop thinking of all these ideas. Save it for your walk home tomorrow. <laughs> Which isn't gonna work because I completely forgot all of them. Oh man, I'm in the creepy tunnel and they cleaned it. and one pencil in this tunnel today. Oops, and a little, one little spot of new graffiti. Awesome. <laughs> it's weird how less scary a clean dark tunnel is than a junky dark tunnel. All right, we're out of it. It's almost downright pleasant. coming up in the next few weeks, so I bet that tunnel's gonna stay pretty spick and span. Alright, so I do remember a little bit of what I was thinking about last night. You know, thinking about ideas, and then, I don't even know how to start this, but serendipity comes into play here, which I think is a big idea promoter where it makes you think your idea is worthwhile when something serendipitous comes along. It sort of like proves that your idea was good, whether that's what it does or not, I don't know. But in my morning drives, when I drive to work, I leave at the same time every morning, and there's this gentleman that comes jogging down the parkway with two dogs. One is a big old golden retriever, and the other one, I thought it was a puppy, but I think it's just a small dog. And he's black with tipped ears, 
and he's always carrying something in his mouth and it's not a toy it's like an empty water bottle or the other day it was a can of corn and yesterday it was a Campbell soup can which of course made me think of Andy Warhol and his famous Campbell soup painting and I thought oh my god how funny would that be to just paint this giant face of a cute dog carrying an open Campbell's soup can in its mouth. Because, I don't know. I don't know I don't know what it means though, right? Am I... I don't know. Not progressing Andy Warhol's work, who I love, by the way. So, be bad-mouthing my Andy. Um, it's like commercialism gone to recycling to the dogs. I don't know. I don't know what the whole comment would be. And if there even really needs to be one. But when you sort of are immersed in art school, art world, you feel like everything has to be drenched with meaning. It has to follow what came before it. So I was thinking about that last night before I went to sleep. And then of course I couldn't go to sleep because I was thinking. So today, this morning at work, uh, I'm friends with a photo professor, and she had asked me to come be a guest critiquer for her graduating students, and I love doing it. I love doing it. Um, and one of the students, <laughs> she had like eight students. One of them, the one who went last, I recognized him. I actually taught him, I don't know, five or six years ago. Uh, so I was a little nervous because he's not a very good teacher. <laughs> I almost felt like I should apologize to him. Like, I'm so sorry you had me, but I'm also so glad you're still here and you stuck it out. Anyway, he's super talented. Super good. He was way too good to be in a beginning color theory class, but that's the machine of college that make you take all these classes you don't really need. Um, anyway, before I digress too much, he actually didn't have photographic work. He had sort of silkscreen, highly manipulated work. 2D on the wall, matted and framed. They were really cool. Then he brings this like 50 gallon drum into the room and it is a giant Campbell soup can. But he's of course manipulated the label and everything. And it says like Campbell's soup, total shit. And the ingredients on the back were ingredients to graduate or to go through art school. And the nutritional label was like, oh, here's this girl's again. The, the nutritional label was like 23% academic bullshit, 13% critiques, 3%, you know, tuition remission. I don't know. It was all this crazy stuff on there. And you could tell he was just really angry <laughs> about having gone through art school and about to leave like $40,000 in debt. But it was really clever. And I liked it almost almost more than the 2D art because it was saying something. But I never could completely figure out what it was saying and couldn't quite articulate it. But I was like, man, that's two soup can ideas. <laughs> Is that serendipity? Does that mean I should go home and paint a puppy jogging down the street with an 
open Campbell's soup can. It's just weird when things like that happen. Which is probably what led me to wanting to do some artwork with fingernails because I because I take the bus, I see discarded fingernails at the bus stop and they kind of they make me want to throw up. Uh, I? And I'm sure it's just somebody like being bored sitting there picking off their fake nails. But it also has this sort of violent undertone to it, like somebody was trying to defend themselves and rip their nails off in the process. I think that's what grosses me out. So maybe figuring out how to do a little art piece around fake fingernails is me trying to overcome my grossness of them. I'm not sure. Ooh. Oh, the wasps are out. Yeah. I don't carry money, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I actually don't carry money since the day I got bugged, so I'm not really lying, but it does make me feel bad. I was on the phone. Oh, that was a lie. That's why he kept. He was like, I can tell you're just a crazy person talking to yourself. for money. Which means like you probably really need money. Oh. <sighs> I have to now I have to get back on track. I have to like do my lofty aspirations of talking about art when there's Poor people who need money for a sandwich. Oh God, I'm an asshole. Is this a business expense, buying a new pair of tennis shoes? <laughs> business expense would imply that I am making money off of an audio diary. sitting on their porch. 
porches. But only on the side of the street that's in shade. I get it. to do something that you're a little insecure about or you're not sure about and you're like oh this is a sign I'm supposed to do this then if it doesn't work out you're like oh I misread the universe that was not a sign I thought it was what did it really mean <laughs> probably didn't mean anything so I have a hard time believing in them but man I would love for there to be some sort of magic like that out there. It's kind of like when you when you get a new car. <laughs> a few years ago I had a super beat up 95 Honda Civic <laughs> and it was the first stick shift car I'd had ever had. And like as soon as I got it I was like everybody has a Honda Civic. And, and they're old like mine. And then I started seeing new ones. I actually had to sell that car. But it's still running. Somebody still has it. That car went through a lot before I got it. When I got it. Because I'd never driven a stick shift before. I was like too nervous to drive it. So it, um, it sat out in front of my apartment building until I really, really, really needed to use it. Which was like never. I was riding my bike everywhere. And one morning I came out of my apartment with my bike. And there was a bus stop outside of my house, like for school kids. And there was a mom standing there pulling my bike out. And I shut my door. She goes, do you know whose car this is? And I turn around and look at my Civic. And the hood was gone. Someone stole the hood. And I just looked at her and I go, oh, yeah, that's my car. She goes, oh, I thought it was abandoned because it's been sitting here for like three months. <laughs> I was like, yeah. For some reason, I, it, it really bums me out, man. And then it was supposed to rain that day, so I think I was just going to school at that point. So I went to school, came home early, called my friend, said, can I put my car in your garage because it's supposed to storm tonight? And luckily, weirdly, serendipitously, I don't know. My landlord owned a junkyard. And a friend of mine also rented from him. So my friend called and said, hey man, this is what happened. And he, I don't know why he seemed to like me or he felt bad. He said, I'll get, I'll order you a new hood at wholesale. So I got like a new hood for a 95 Civic for like $100 or something. And it was primer black. The car was red, mostly red. <laughs> So I took the hood, I put it on, and then I painted 
the Thunderbird in gold paint on the hood across the entire hood. It looked pretty good. And then I spray paint shellacked it. And then I was like, steal this hood, you mother fluffers, and I will find you. And guess what? No one stole that hood. And that hood is still on that car. And the person who owns it now, every once in a while will be like, when are you gonna come down here and refresh that Thunderbird? Or is it Firebird? I think it's Firebird. I used to call it the Fire Civic after that. Then the only bad thing about owning a car like that is everybody knows who you are, so you can't really flip anybody off or get mad or run over balloons or anything like that because people remember you. Man, that was a great little car. And I had it like five years and it did never needed a new clutch, so I feel like that means I'm an okay driver. chiefs going by. I don't know if that means fire. I don't know what that means. I don't know. Maybe I'll I'll lightly sketch out a little black puppy with the soup can in its mouth. See how it looks. Sit on the idea for four years and then break out the paintbrushes. There's a couple things I need to finish first. <laughs> I need to finish that mosaic. wasn't the only guest critiquer today. There were two other photographers <laughs> at the end. I knew who both of, they, uh, both of them were. Uh, I'd met one before. And one is a fairly prominent photographer here in town. And so afterwards, we're standing around with the professor and they're talking about where their stuff is showing, where they're traveling, what conferences they're going to what their art plans are for the summer when they're not teaching. Uh, I work all year round, so I don't have summers off, but so I squeeze my trips in all the time. Anyway, hey, hey puppy. <laughs> anyway, they're talking about all their work and where it's going and this one guy's like oh I have a show going up right now and then I have a show in October and he turns to me and says where can I see your work and I was like uh, yeah 
you think that would light a fire on my butt. <laughs> Instead, I came up with some really snappy excuses. But really, I don't do photography. I just work with photographs. See, there's an excuse. Um, used to do is take photographs and destroy them in a very chemical and free way, which I wouldn't mind doing again. I always feel like photographs have to have a point, but you do a photograph to show it. Sometimes I just like doing stuff to do stuff. Students were doing some cool stuff. That's the other reason I like to do this critique every year is to see what kids are doing. And what they're doing and considering photography. I think there's only one person a day that was taking photos on film and developing them the old-fashioned way. And she was using a plastic camera. were digital. One guy was doing animated GIFs of paintings and photographs. It's pretty cool, man. They, they opened my eyes. Hope they, hopefully they keep me from being too stuffy. weekend to crank out some jewelry work. I'm actually having trouble photographing it clearly and nicely to put online to sell. It's shameful. So shameful. Shameful to have a photography degree and not know how to photograph jewelry.
try. I think that's one thing that is really going to fail at something that actually does have a formula, right? It feels like it has a formula. It's all f-stops and lighting and angles and diffusing and uh, bouncing light back and forth and you can do it all correctly or at least by the actual book doing it by the book and still I cannot get it to come out right photographing stones you know turquoise and labradorites onyx and everything looks green or blue or you can't see it or it's not vibrant enough or it's too fluorescent so it takes me forever stubborn to pay someone to do it because that's just silly the only time <laughs> it's good is on an overcast day in the middle of my driveway but it has to be the right kind of overcast and typically here when it's overcast it's raining or cold as I'll get out
been sighing a lot lately. <laughs> Maybe because it's allergy season. Maybe because I'm exasperated or exhausted. I'm not exhausted. I'm tired all the time. I'm exhausted. I'm going to find the strength to work on that mosaic tonight. Finish that mouth. Eyeballs, eyeballs would be easy to easy to do. Finish that mouth. I'm gonna sand down the edges. Not tonight. It's gonna take me a long time to do the mouth. Fill in all the little gaps. And I'll sand down the edges, frame it in, fill it with quote unquote grout. Can't actually use grout. Use a combination of sand and liquid glue. Case it in resin. Ooh. All I need to do a little test piece first, make sure that I don't ruin it by doing that. Oh, that would suck. You can see the other thing that makes me procrastinate. <laughs> never really seem to do this the same thing twice, so I'm sort of never feel like I'm perfecting anything. Which means um, there's always room to just spectacularly mess it up. Thinking this should work, and then it doesn't work. I always thought too, like being an artist's assistant would be a super cool job. Probably for the same reason, right? You're not really responsible for the end piece, you're just helping someone get there. Which I think is alright. Being the support behind the genius but then I saw this special once where like this painter was talking about her artist's assistants and how they had developed this new epoxy and paint formula for her to use and I was like crap that sounds like a chemist and another was talking about how they had formulated this math equation so she could cut these canvas supports in a certain way to be three dimensional and come off the wall and I was like yikes Oh, I don't know what the hell I thought being an artist assistant was, but it wasn't any of that. Plus, how bad would you feel if you messed up somebody else's piece of artwork? I'll think of that next time I mess up my own. At least it was my own piece of artwork I've just messed up. Not somebody important and famous with a reputation to uphold. It's a great thing to be, to be living in anonymity. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not ready to take responsibility for my mess-ups yet in a public sphere. Probably not ever. That's okay. That's what that Campbell's soup can artist was talking about today. You know, sort of being angry at the institution for insisting he be a certain way and think a certain way. Always have meaning behind his artwork. And I was like, I hear you, man. Sometimes you just want to do stuff for yourself. See how things work out. Play in the clay. 
do get in that mindset in art school and beyond if you're in the art world you gotta make something to show it and sell it and get recognition for it just recently said like oh yeah I'm an artist I don't say it with conviction because I feel like that's what everyone thinks an artist is someone who aspires to do all that stuff and that would be cool I'm not saying it wouldn't be but I guess this is just an excuse to say I'm not ready for that pressure yet that's not true I would love to do art full time I should probably finish your piece first, though. <laughs> I do finish crafts. I do finish jewelry pieces. Which is probably why I'm not into doing some jewelry tonight. It's because I've got like 30 pieces that are just sitting there waiting to be photographed. I'm going to take them to work tomorrow and use the lights in the studio and see if I can get some decent photos. It's very hard to photograph super shiny things. For me, anyway. Car washing time. Were there any airplanes? I feel like there weren't any airplanes today. Just hot rod cars trying to make it through a yellow light. Weird. season. <laughs> Ow. Oh, something just flew my eye. Okay. I don't live in one of those neighborhoods where everyone has really perfect grass. My parents live in a neighborhood like that. They spend so much money on a sprinkler system and lawn care and chem lawn and grub maintenance. I like this neighborhood because our yards are mostly weeds. <laughs> but they're great weeds. They're like all those little tiny purple African violets that just 
don't grow very tall. Like our yard is like African violets with a couple sprouts of onions. And even when we do mow it down, the violets are still there. I feel like I feel like grass is just a weed that we wanted to we thought looked pretty, so we insisted that everyone should have it. I think we should insist everyone have a yard full of African violet weeds. It's so much prettier. I don't know if bees like them. That'd be, that'd be cool too. Feed the bees. I do enjoy this. I enjoy this more than I thought I would. When I got home last week and I was like, oh, this is this little audio diary broadcast out there in the podcast land. It's going to be a disaster. And it is like, I mean, you know, it has its faults. Don't get me wrong. But I was surprised myself at how much I was like, oh, I, I'm just going to go ahead and hit publish. Uh, Now I do find that's been a common thing for me, right, is to try something new. And I don't know, I've looked a long, 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 long time ago, I used to do jewelry. I just sat down one day, took a class like in the back of some jewelry shop for a couple weekends, invested in a plumber's torch and did started doing these pieces and now I look at them and I have no idea how I did them or what I did them with. And I don't think I could replicate them. And there's just this something about being naive or fearless about making mistakes and then not really making mistakes or not, it's not refined. None of it's refined stuff, but it's crazy big and awesome. And I'm just like, I don't remember how I did this why I thought I could do this. Maybe it's one of those, like, too young to know any better. I would love to hold on to that feeling. And maybe this is sort of right along those lines. I don't know any better. <laughs> uh, I did get a little feedback, you know, maybe some audio editing would be great, and it would. But I think if I had to download this to my computer, go through it and pull out little segments and refine it, I would lose interest. I really like the off the cuff. I don't know how to do this, so I'm just gonna do it. And oh my God, it's okay. Just uh, call it done. Put it in a box, say it's done. Pull it out 10 years from now and be like, what the hell was I thinking? I can't believe I did that. Now with the jewelry, I did it well. I'm not saying I'm doing this podcast well, but. Maybe because this is sort of really just for me. I did think last night, like when I was laying in bed, 
I was like, this is when I should start recording because I was just basically whispering out loud to myself. And I was like, man, you should start recording now. Maybe, maybe walking is good, but I do. Man, my mind just goes before I go to sleep. Then I thought, well, the problem is, is I'll just keep right on talking until like 4 a.m. So I have to force myself to stop, concentrate on my breathing, shut down my brain, or I will just keep on going. And going and going and going. awesome dogs up ahead. There's two awesome dogs up ahead and they just turned into the park. Dang it. Missed them. Oh, wait. That's my, that's my neighbor. I think. Abby! <laughs> she didn't hear me. Oh, she's got good dogs. Note to self, get home 15 minutes earlier next time. I will go running after her, but I don't think you should run up on dogs, especially dogs that are hip high. She doesn't quite, we just met each other, so she doesn't quite know where I live. She knows I live somewhere around here, and I know she lives somewhere around here. Email her tomorrow and be like, I saw you and your dogs. Bring them to me. Alright. I'm home. Ish. Actually, I'm ready to crawl up this driveway. The dogwood is fully in bloom. The hostas are coming up around the tree. The yard is full of violets and onions. Here's what I like to do in the summer. Before I go in the house, I like to do a teeny tiny tour of the backyard and say hi to the blueberry bushes that have never given me a blueberry. I don't think they've grown any too, they just sort of, yeah, it's just sort of stay the same height. But they've been there three years, I don't think they're dead. Uh, and I just say hi to the blackberry bushes that I accidentally whacked the crap out of at the wrong time, so we'll see what they do next year. Uh, and then I circle around the back of the garage to the strawberry patch. It's pretty much non-existent. Yeah. That's pretty sad. The rain barrel's full. Getting ready to plant a fig tree soon. I was gonna plant tomatoes and peppers, but none of the seeds have come up, so forget it. Just go to the farmer's market. All right, I'm gonna go in. I uh, think I'm gonna, just for poops and laughs, I'm gonna sketch out a dog holding a soup can. See where it takes me. And then four years from now, I'll paint it. Let you know how it goes. Bye.